The following audio is from Restoration Southside Church in Chattanooga, Tennessee, where our mission is to restore people and places through mission, authenticity, and sacrifice. For more information, visit restorationsouthside.org.
we've obeyed and honored you and your word and given it to us. God, I pray that you'll give all of us wisdom and ability to discern what you want us to do and how you want us to do it. And you give us the wisdom to do that. The movie is several years old now. It's called Captain Phillips. You may have seen this movie. It's about this captain who helps keep his crew safe in the midst of a Somali pirate attack. It highlights the heroic gestures of Captain Phillips. Everything he would do to put himself in harm's danger to keep his crew safe in Africa. It's a good movie. But after the movie came out, there was a $50 million lawsuit. Apparently the crew thought Captain Phillips wasn't that much of a hero in real life says, actually, Captain Phillips was the one that put us in danger in the first place. So the crew is suing the ship company who employs Captain Phillips for $50 million. And the reason is, is because Captain Phillips ignored seven warnings about where to be. Seven. To stay away from a danger zone. frustrated with every warning. They can pay it no attention like Captain Phillips. They can go on doing whatever they want to do. But in that scenario, when a warning is sent to say destruction is coming, don't keep doing what you're doing, change. Repent, turn. When someone is warned, it's actually a kindness in that moment. There's no no frustration of just somebody just taking out their anger on someone else. It's a warning. It's a kindness. It's as if to say a, a father is seeing his kids run toward the road and he says, stop. Stop what you're doing. And nobody would look at that father and say, hey,
First of all, God uses the call to repent to keep people merciful when they ignore the call to live for Him. For the word of the Lord has come to David. Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and call out against it, for its wickedness has high praise. For Jonah arose and went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, three days' journey in breadth. Jonah began to go into the city going a day's journey, and he called out, Yet forty days, and Nineveh shall be overthrown. Jonah finally is trying to draw our attention to that the word of the Lord came to Jonah a second time, not one time. Jonah obeyed. Now Jonah has been thrown overboard. He has been swallowed by a great fish and he had to hang out in the great fish for three days and three nights. Can you imagine the smell? Can you imagine how uncomfortable that would be? And then he is vomited out is what the Bible says. He's vomited out on dry looks up, sunlight that is so bad, and we hear, Jonah, go to Nineveh and tell them, I don't want anything else to happen to them, but please tell them. Part of what I
he's standing and he's shouting at this group of people who can't help themselves and he's, and he's taking delight in their judgment and their condemnation. And yet God has this posture towards sinners of, I want to help, I want to intervene.
yet do the same things that you can do as a child of God today. against you is God's kindness that leads you to repentance. That's ultimately what the message is, is that He cares so much for you that His kindness will lead you to repentance. Don't come because you're afraid. Come because you're comforted that it's His kindness to come. I will gather you up. God shows forbearance to sinners.
seven children a long time back. And this man is still dying of cancer. And he calls for the hospital pastor to come and to, to give him some sort of wisdom about how to end his life, how to engage with God. And the hospital chaplain feels so bad because his job is to inject lethal injections into prisoners to kill them. And as he's dying and coughing and wheezing, he's trying to explain to the chaplain that there was this one time where he tried to inject poison into this man to kill him, and it didn't work. The injection didn't work, and there was a moment there where it was reprieved. He instead refixes it, starts a new IV, injects it, and kills him anyway. And so he's living with this guilt, and he has this conversation with this pastor who says, what do you think I am? And this is what the dialogue is. At a 26-year-old kid on the table who thinks he's going to kill his child, see his family there pleading and praying, and I injected the drug, and he didn't die. He lay there awake, quivering. There were three lethal doses, different ages, but he was still alive. His parents were crying and claiming a miracle. And what happened was that the IV was empty. The drug sort of cooled in his soft tissue. Instead of going into his bloodstream, and so I placed another IV, drew up another round of pills, and took this one. This time he died of cancer. Seven months later, a police officer comes and lays there awake at night, and he tells me what happened. And the chaplain looks at him and says, I couldn't help but notice you. And the man says, for years, God's tried to stop me from killing an innocent man. I ignored this sign. How can I even hope for forgiveness? chaplain steps forward and says, I think sometimes it's easier to kill than to forgive. And this is the choice. Forgive what? Who was guilty? Was it his years of being an innocent person? Was it one of his many injuries that they ignored? The old man's getting more and more frustrated. He says, I don't need a new reason to go on. Can't you see I'm old? I have cancer. I've had enough. The only thing that's holding me back is that I'm afraid. I am afraid of what could happen. And I said, what is it? And he says, you tell me. Is atonement even possible? What does God want from me? And the chaplain says, I'm afraid it's important. I think it's up to each one of us to make the choice. And he says, but people can lie. People can rape. They can murder. They can steal all in the name of God and it's okay. one-size-fits-all stuff. And I don't have time for that. You don't understand. You don't understand. What I need is a real chaplain who believes in a real God and a real hell. Day and age, that we can 
tell others what that means is offensive in politics to other people. But maybe, just like Jonah, there's peace in someone telling them the situation that they really face. Jonah could have said, hey, look, you've got a lot of pride. I don't care. God's going to take care of you and whatever. But instead, he tells them the truth, ugly as it may feel to them. You have 40 days, and then it's over. So that God's people, the people he's after, can know the truth. And Christian, we have lost our ability to express God's justice because we don't want to offend anyone. And in doing so, we've lost our opportunity to warn them about a real God, a God who promises forgiveness in His Son, Jesus Thank you. 